All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition, episode 11 of the Disney Co. In the Know podcast. And tonight, I am joined by Disney Co. In the Know contributors, Hannah. Hey, y'all. And Jacob. Hello. And Stephen. Hello. And Elizabeth. Hi. Um, and before we begin, I want to say that the Disney Co. In the Know podcast is sponsored by 407 and Beyond Vacation Company, Disney and Universal Experts um, that help plan and book your family's vacation. So all you have to do is show up, have fun, and create family memories. And check out Disney Co. In the Know Harry Potter show discussing everything Harry Potter from books and movies to Universal Orlando and Warner Brothers Studio. Currently, the team is taking a chapter-by-chapter approach of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, analyzing plot points, characters, ties to movies, and Universal Orlando. Check us out on YouTube to see more. All right, everyone, I am uh, looking forward to tonight's discussion. Um, We're going to cover the news for this week for Disney and Universal, covering things such as cruise line cancellations and park closings and reopenings. And then at the end of the show, we are going to discuss what we are watching on Disney+. And so um, to kick us off here, Elizabeth, why don't you go ahead and give us uh, the first news story of the week? Sure. So as we know, um, the entire United States right now is, well, most of the states are under a um, shelter in place. And Florida has announced that they are trying to reopen the state. And they came out with some guidelines The guidelines were really specific to other counties in the state, um, and they really didn't talk about Orange County much. Um, However, what is noted is that the openings for the other counties um, is a three-phase opening, and a lot of those, if we look at how it's going to open, it's going to progress very slowly, um, and it's going to um, allow for social distancing. Disney would not be able to reopen with that. By the end of this week, they should be talking with uh, the governor, the mayor, all of the state officials to be able to decide what is going on um, with Disney specifically. Um, So we're still kind of um, waiting to see what's going on there. Um, I have read some stuff. Um, The park hours are currently off of the My Disney Experience till the 23rd of May. So we do see that. Um, And so we're still just kind of piecing together things. And so hopefully we should know by tomorrow, um, Friday, um, and to kind of see where we're going to be going with the reopening of Disney at this point. Yeah, I've seen a lot of articles um, and news stories coming out of the uh, the governor's statements on the, the, the phased opening of theme parks. Mm-hmm. Um, I put up a story on Facebook just yesterday about how the Orange County Task Force had laid out some guidelines and recommendations for reopenings um, down there in central Florida. And they talked about this phased approach with uh, phase one coming first, obviously, followed by phase two. And in phase one, parks could open up to 50% capacity. And phase two, they could open up to 75% capacity. You know, they were required to like wipe down the attractions, provide hand sanitizing uh, devices to guests. Um, employees would have to have their temperature checked at the door before entering work. Um, but it, it looks like with the, uh, the governor's uh, statements here about this reopening here um, next week, that 
with the guidelines he that that was put forth about the restaurants and, and, and gatherings of ten or more, it seems like Disney wouldn't even be able to or Universal right. uh, participate in um, in this phase one to begin with. So um, I, I definitely don't see theme parks being being open here um, as things are opening up in Orlando. Yep. So. It's a little disappointing, I guess, at this point to see that. Um, and then just like how we've been doing, you know, every day, every week, just waiting to see what comes, um, what comes forth and just keep um, keeping positive um, to hopefully get back into the parks. But as Bruce always says, we want to make sure that everyone is staying healthy and safe and we don't want to rush it um, more than we have to. We miss it, but we don't want to, um, you know, get other, um, other, other sick. So. Right. And I would say, you know, a decent gauge uh, might be let's wait and see when restaurants can be at more full capacity. Um, I know that the uh, phase one still excluded um, movie theaters and bars from being open and uh, barber shops and beauty salons. And so if those aren't going to be a part of phase one, theme parks are certainly not going to be a part of uh, phase one. So, and kind of um, to talk on that point just a, a bit, um, I have been reading a lot where there are a lot of companies waiting for Disney to open and kind of see like they are very dependent on Disney. Like, like Southwest just came out and said how dependent they are, you know, on the travel um, to Walt Disney World to the Orlando area. So it will be interesting, you know, to kind of see the domino effect that will take place because I know a lot of people. Um, because that is such a mass gathering, um, probably the biggest in the United States that we have, um, it'll be, and they really are going to, you know, lead the way of how, you know, how do we open with, if there's social distancing parameters still in place. Yeah. All, uh, all of us here on tonight's show have flown, um, into Orlando international so many times and such a busy airport. Um, but I did, I did see the CEO, uh, of Southwest, um, comment and I thought, well, how easy is it to say like, Oh, Disney should reopen before for the airline business, because you know, the, the, the liability or the, the onerous task to, to reopen a theme parks on Disney, not Southwest. So, but, but, you know, the airlines coming in and out of, uh, MCO there in Orlando are very, very reliant on Disney and universal guests and family vacations. So. Um, it does make sense a little bit. So does any, anyone have anything to uh, chime in on this article, on this news? No? <laughs> no I just think it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, if they open up 50% capacity, um, getting all those employees back that were furloughed, will they even op open up one park at a time or several parks? And, um, you know, that could be a slow process as well, even if they are opening up which parks are available, um, if they'll pick and choose what kind of shows, indoor, outdoor shows, and things like that, maybe they hold off on. Um, so even within opening up, you know, it may be very limited what's available at the parks. Yeah, yeah. and if they're opening up at a capacity of some sort also, it'll be really interesting to see, is it going to be like 50% capacity as far as number of people, but only Florida residents can make up that 50% capacity? Are they going to limit it to like not people coming from certain areas that have higher percentages and uh, numbers of positive tested cases for COVID? It'll be really interesting to see the guidelines that they set when they do finally decide to, to run with it and open. 
I think those are all really good points and hopefully they are thinking of these points as well because I'm like this, these are really good points. Um, and hopefully, like I said, Disney is thinking of, of all of it and I'm sure they are, but um, it makes sense to stagger it. And I really like the one park idea, like maybe offering that, um, that could really um, be interesting for family vacations. But um, I guess, again, just the waiting game, we'll wait and see. Yeah, I want to piggyback off of what Steven said about the furloughed workers and stuff. Um, that's a great point because as far as I'm aware, the fall um, college program was canceled. And I think that those students go down in August. And, you know, Ep they actually start in June. Oh, thank you. Is it June through August and then or September? Um, it will be June length. through December, typically, okay. the new program is, yeah. So the entire fall. So that means, you know, starting here this summer and going all the way through through the holidays, um, Disney won't have that temporary help. Um, and the college program makes up such a significant amount of their workforce that if they cancel that June through December, um, and not to mention the significance of the college program to the pavilions and world showcase and the international programs and everything like mm -hmm. that. So, um, it, you know, I, I would fully expect as of today, it, you know, it's Thursday, April 30th, and this is very, this very well could change by May 1st. Um, but you know, right now, um, it just seems like when, if, and when, well, obviously when Disney and universal open, um, it's not going to be in the same capacity as right before it was closing. All right. We're not going to have nighttime shows and fireworks probably because of the mass gatherings. Indoor rides could, could be an issue. Um, it seems like parades might not start off right away. And so um, when they do open, it will be in a different, different capacity. So depressing though when we lay it out like that <laughs> well yeah but you know it, it's a it, it, it's a phase it's a start right yeah. exactly it's a phased opening and, and it's a start and and i don't know especially since they had the furlough workers and and with all of the um health precautionary measures that they're going to have to take i don't think they could just go from zero to 100 percent anyways and so you know this makes sense and it'll, it'll allow them to kind of fine-tune the procedures that they're going to take for reopening so all right. I think uh, we got a full discussion out of that, out of that news segment. So that, that was good. So um, let's, let's on, move on over to the next one, uh, a little bit more lighthearted. Um, and so Jake, tell us about what you have this week. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't know, May 4th is uh, star Wars day. We've got some, uh, we've already heard some news about some stuff coming to Disney plus for that. We're going to have uh, a new series uh, behind the scenes of the Mandalorian. We're going to have, uh, the final episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars, and now we're going to get Rise of Skywalker uh, released on Disney Plus coming May 4th, so right around the corner, uh, so everyone can get their opportunity to uh, rewatch it and, and all that good stuff, go back and uh, catch up, and, and we've got the complete saga now, so very, very exciting. I really am excited about this. You know, I think they, I think I saw that it's like two months early coming to Disney Plus, and um, you know, Disney, I guess, didn't really necessarily have to give us all of these releases early, like Onward and, you know, Rise of Skywalker. And um, I have been waiting for it to be released since I saw it in theaters last. And so um, I, I'm really looking forward to, to it being available. And now the entire saga, as Jake says, is, uh, is available. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this too. I think it's going to be a good one to go back and and rewatch, you know, because it it wrapped everything up. There was a uh, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I think it'll be a really good one to go back and then check out multiple times. So definitely looking forward to uh to watching it once it's out. Yeah, and so and so Jake, I feel a little bit obligated. I can see a Jar Jar Binks right behind your left <laughs> shoulder. Tell us about that. You a big Jar Jar fan? Um. Not necessarily. Uh, big episode one fan. Uh, that is a uh, a piggy bank actually. Okay. Back in 1999, uh, and I, I thought it was funny. Uh, it's a bank, and it's Jar Jar Binks. So it was like a, a Jar Jar bank. Jar Jar Binks. Um, oh gosh. It, it, was funny. it was funny when I was five years old. That's funny. Uh, well, it looks good. I, I just saw that as you were talking about Star Wars and uh, thought I had to ask if, if Jar Jar was your favorite. So <laughs> yeah, I have a, a lot a of quick, Star Wars stuff back there. <laughs> I have a quick question as far as the release onto Disney Plus. Does anyone know if the bonus footage is going to be released along with the movie onto Disney Plus? I know when they made the release onto digital, they released a whole bunch of behind the scenes content. And I personally have been waiting for the movie to come to Disney Plus to watch it again also, Bruce, like you. Um, but I would really like to see that bonus footage. Does anyone know if that's gonna be available? I, have I don't know, but, I, oh, sorry, Jake, go ahead. I was just going to say, I haven't heard anything, so go ahead. I think you have more to say than I did. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, with a lot of their movies that I do have, like, on DVD and, and such, they don't put that footage on Disney+. Plus. Like, I've never seen that um, on there. So, has anyone else ever seen bonus footage from Disney movies on there? I have not. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if they might take, like, a Mandalorian approach and release mm. it separately. Um, yeah. As That's... another thing to release down the road, but also another Star Wars kind of thing to release down the road and yeah. make it in two different pieces for us. Maybe on May the 6th. Sith. Yeah. Isn't that it? <laughs> I know. Uh, I made <laughs> some of the TV shows that they've done, like the high school musical TV series that they did, they released a whole, like they did with the Mandalorian extra series mm -hmm. going over behind the scenes footage, talking with the cast members. So I could definitely see them doing something like that with um, The Rise of Skywalker, especially since they have so much um, footage that was supposedly fantastic, lots of great photos and um, interviews with the actors. And um, so I was just hoping maybe they were releasing it. It's smart on Disney's part though, yeah. to Steven's point, to release it separately just um, to get people, you know, intrigued back into it again. And it gives something to watch since we are still sheltered in place. <laughs> Yeah, always nice to have more more content and stuff like that on the, the streaming platform too. That's it's always good to be able to uh, provide stuff to keep people busy and everything. So that's cool. Absolutely. About there ought to be about enough for about twenty four straight viewing hours of just pure Star Wars movies on there. <laughs> I was going to ask, does anyone know if you do every single Star Wars, how many hours that is? I mean, that has to be like a day's worth. It's it's got to be close to twenty four. Mm -hmm. um, I think most mm. of them are around two hours. So uh, if you include Rogue One and and Solo in there, then yeah, yeah, it's wow. about twenty four. So, All right, so you which can one? have a good May the Fourth there. 
Anybody up for a uh, 407 live stream podcast of all nine movies? <laughs> the marathon, if we can make it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll live stream that from our Disney Co. and the No accounts uh, and see if we can make it. Um, but I'll, I'll leave that to you guys. <laughs> So, all right, very good. Let's uh, let's move on to our next news story. Hannah, what do you have for us this week? Back along kind of the, the same lines as Elizabeth, a little bit less happy than Jacob's story. Um, due to COVID, we are still having cancellations with the Disney Cruise Line. Um, so they have released uh, cancellations for three of their cruise lines. The Disney Magic Line, which runs through the Mediterranean, they have canceled all cruise dates through July 2nd. So if you had a cruise from now, between now and July 2nd, that cruise is no longer running. Uh, the Disney Dream, which runs in the Bahamas, and then Disney Fantasy Line, which runs in the Caribbean, are both canceled through um, June 18th. So those ones are not canceled out quite as late as the Mediterranean one, but they have canceled dates through June 18th. And um, they are not scheduling any new dates until at least July 24th. So if you have a cruise, I think between the 18th or 2nd and 24th, as of now, they seem to still be planning to run those cruises, uh, but they're not selling new tickets to any cruises until the 24th and after at this point of July. Yeah, we're definitely um, seeing these cancellations for the cruise line creep further and further um, into the summer, which um, I would imagine that the theme parks are back before the cruise line industry is. Um, just because, you know, uh, of space and social distancing. So, um, yeah, take, absolutely. I will take this opportunity though, uh, for a shameless plug to say, if you have had your cruise line canceled, or you're looking to rebook your family's vacation to, uh, reach out to us at www.407vacations.com or to email me at Bruce at 407vacations.com. Um, cause I know a lot of people, you know, had a lot of spring and summer plans on, on cruise lines and, and, uh, down in Orlando. So, uh, we're, we're happy to help with, uh, your rebooking. So even if you did not book with us originally, so, uh, make sure to check us out on the web or, or send me an email. So. Yeah. The right. cruise line, I definitely, you know, when all this started kind of bubbling up and becoming, you know, really prominent in our lives, um, thinking of Disney, not only, you know, do you think of the parks and the mass gatherings, but my first thought also was the Disney cruise line. And, um, if you've ever been on a cruise, you are very much on top of every single person. So it'll be really interesting to see how, um, they open up and to see, you know, kind of their phasing, um, into the cruises, um, as well. So yeah, I think it will be extremely interesting to see how they plan to take some of those precautions for the cruises. I know that Disney is super thorough with everything that they do and that they are obviously very concerned about everyone's safety and that's going to be their top priority. Um, but because there were quite a few cruises that were kind of not Disney cruises, but just other cruises that were kind of at the, the forefront of the situation, I think it'll be really interesting to see um, the, the guidelines for safety that they come out with, whether it will be limiting numbers or limiting where you can go on the ship based on where your room is, that kind of thing. I think it'll be really interesting to see. And I know that Disney's going to do their best to give everyone the best experience while keeping them safe once things open back up. Absolutely. Does anyone have uh, anything else to say on this news story before we uh, move over to Steven? So this is, this is Steven's inaugural 
um, time on the Thursday night Disney Co. and the No podcast. And uh, not only that, it's his inaugural um, news story. And so, Stephen, I don't know if you know this or not, but um, the very first time that you give a news story on our podcast, you have to do it in your best James Earl Jones voice. And so we look forward to uh, we look forward to your story. <laughs> well, you're going to be really embarrassed when I actually. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have, right. Stephen? So now I guess over to me for the sports. <laughs> Um, so in the sporting world, um, basically there's been a lot of buzz for the NBA in the 2019-2020 season and just kind of all sorts of ideas being thrown out there of how they could complete this, um, whether it be just kind of having these teams go straight to a playoff format or um, taking records and going straight into next season. Um, but one of the interesting ideas being thrown out there is having the NBA all come to one location and, um, you know, being housed in one city and being able to play the rest of the season or some of these games um, in a quarantine-type setting. And um, recently in a piece on Yahoo Sports, um, Walt Disney World was brought up as one of the locations among Las Vegas, Atlantic City, and the Bahamas as being one of these locations that could house such an event. And so taking the entire league and moving them to one location uh, limits their exposure to this virus um, in a similar endeavor to the NBA summer leagues that are housed in Las Vegas. And so Disney World provides housing. Um, it provides athletic facilities, and it's able to contain NBA personnel to a small area. And so some interesting things I've found to consider in Disney's favor are that the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex offers about 12 basketball courts, and it's right down the road from two resorts, um, the Art of Animation Resort and Pop Century, and those would total about 4,900 available rooms. And for Disney property itself, they own about 39 square miles of private property, so they would be a little bit easier for them to shut down streets and things like that, movement, transportation, compared to a big public city like Las Vegas or Atlantic City and so forth. So these particular facilities house college uh, basketball tournaments each year. So they're broadcast ready um, and they are meant for these kind of situations. Um, so one big thing is that uh, the governor of Florida has declared that professional sports are essential services. Um, so while they will remain closed to the general public, um, Florida itself would be a good place legally to house this kind of entertainment, um, as well as Disney providing um, all of those resources. So Disney is being thrown out there in this article as a potential good fit. So. Um, while we don't have any word from the NBA or Disney about moving forward with this kind of project, um, a case is definitely being made that Disney would be an ideal location. So that's a no. Go ahead, Bruce. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I just wanted to ask Stephen. Um, do you think? Uh, I know this was just floated out there as an idea. Um, I don't know if it was it was floated out there at random. It was just you know uh, this guy's thought, or was it? um like kind of sending out the message just to kind of get the kind of get some immediate feedback to see what people's thoughts were before they move forward with it but how likely do you think it is that this actually happens well um 
the idea has been thrown out there by um, a commentator for Yahoo Sports, but um, this Keith Smith was an employee for Walt Disney World for, I believe, about 20 years. So I think the idea is just kind of being thrown out there. It's not necessarily being advertised by Disney or suggested by the NBA. Um, but it does have a lot of the essential pieces foundation-wise to be able to hold such an event. Um, and if you look at the NBA and Disney's relationship, um, it's been fairly good and fairly healthy these last few years. Um, you know, Disney owns ESPN, ABC, so a lot of the NBA games are broadcasted on Disney networks. Um, so I feel like that would be a good fit. It would be very compatible. Um, and if I think the NBA decides to move forward with the idea of finishing the season, I think they got to look at Disney as being maybe you know top two or three location to play. If the NBA were to go forward with the idea of finishing up the season, how long do you guys think they would plan on running the rest of the season? Because then that's something that Disney would have to factor into its reopening as well. Because if the entire NBA is housed down there, they can't open the parks up and the hotels up to guests. Yeah, I would say that they, they probably could still open up the parks and run this simultaneously. But to your point, um, and I think Stephen had mentioned it, um, that Disney would have the potential and the capacity to actually house some of these um, NBA teams and their staffs um, over at Pop Century Resort, Art of Animation, which is nearby, Wide World of Sports, um, Disney's Riviera Resort was even thrown out. And so, Hannah, to your point, I don't know if that, if that how, how that would affect um, guests being able to book rooms there. Because I don't know if they would just, how many rooms that they would actually need. Um, but, but to your point, if they're housing a, a you know all of the teams or a majority of the teams and there's transportation to and from uh, the ESPN wide world of sports center or complex um, I think that would potentially be a little bit disruptive to their reopening um, plans if they do or if they are simultaneous sure uh, oh go ahead Jake as far as I know uh, I'm fairly certain the season was quite close to uh finishing up the regular season at least which means uh playoffs were right around the corner before uh, before the virus hit and everything so okay. my guess would be uh once they can get things restarted back up it would probably make a lot of sense in this type of scenario to just go straight to the playoffs because then you'd only have what like 16 teams instead of uh like twice that number so that would make the logistics of it a lot easier in terms of uh rooming and and using courts and stuff like that so uh that that uh will make things go a little more smoothly there and also as far as the length of time it would be if they go straight to the playoffs uh that would shorten the length of time that they would need to to get all this sorted out before the parks could potentially uh reopen that's what yeah. i was thinking too if they would oh sorry go ahead i was just gonna say to kind of piggyback off of you know the idea if they go straight to the playoffs you have fewer teams you're also going to have to factor in some time um, almost, you know, getting these guys a little bit back in shape with some type of mini camp or training or something along the lines before you throw them right into playoff games. Um, so I don't know how Hey, I've been following that. LeBron James on Instagram and he's still doing his workouts. <laughs> I'm sure he's still very much in shape. <laughs> well, this, this is certainly a potential solution and I, I don't want to, uh, 
um, stay on this point uh, too much longer about the NBA season, but I do know a lot of European um, football seasons are, are being called off. And I just saw um, the French league just uh, declared that the rest of their season is not going to be played. Um, and I know uh, the English league has, has yet to uh, make a decision. So it seems like seasons are um, being called off. Um, and so this would certainly be a step in a direction to try to continue, um, you know, one of them. Yeah. Yeah. As a counterpoint, I think major league baseball has announced they will have a season this year. Uh, so, so things are going both ways, but that's good. And I was just going real quick. I was just going to say, you know, I'm very disappointed about the NCAA basketball tournament being canceled as well. So it made me wonder, you know, if the NBA plays and um, I think it's a really good idea if they would start at their, um, at the postseason um, playoffs, but then maybe moving into the basketball, the NCAA basketball tournament potentially as well. But I think that's hopeful wish. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see that coming back. <laughs> yeah, that's sale, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Players have already <sighs> moved on and declared for the draft and then stuff like yeah. that. Well, uh, Stephen, thank you very much for the uh, the news article or the news this week. Um, congratulations on your first uh, news segment. So it's it's, it's good to have you on the podcast. Um, and that's probably the longest that we've uh, talked sports here on Disney County now. So uh, how was my uh, James Earl Jones impression? It, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. So I'll keep working. On that. <laughs> so now. Um, now that we're done talking about the news for this week, uh, let's wrap up the show talking about uh, what we're watching on Disney+. Plus. We are still in quarantine. We're still at home. And so we got to bring some of that Disney magic uh, home to us. And so I want to go around um, you know, the Zoom meeting here and, and, and discuss what it is that we were watching on Disney+. Plus. And so, Elizabeth, I'll start with you. Okay, so I'm watching um, a show and I would say a movie. So my show right now, as you know, Bruce and I finished up the entire Marvel series. Um, absolutely loved it. And it broke my heart when it ended. And I felt like a piece of me. <laughs> I still needed to keep watching Marvel. So I watched some of the little shorts, but I just recently started watching Agent Carter um, because I do love um, Captain America and I have really enjoyed it so far. Um, I love the air and I love where it picks up and how it picks up right after, you know, right after Steve um, goes into the ice. And um, it's really fun seeing a woman um, character lead and be a lead um, in this capacity. So it's been really fun to watch that. Um, and the movie that I'm currently watching um, is Stargirl, which is Oh, I've finished it. And it was actually a book and it was just really lighthearted, really positive. I think it's like a really good movie to watch right now because it, she just, she comes into the town and the town's a little like sad and she just brings a lot of positivity and a ray of sunshine. And I think it kind of, um, works with currently what's going on and, um, the current situation. And so it's just really lighthearted. And I thought Disney did a really good job with um, the music in it and the casting. And um, I have, uh, I read the book many years ago, um, but it's stuck to the book pretty close. So I always like when that happens, I'm an avid reader. So that was good. But um, yeah, those are the two shows I'm watching right now. All right. For very good. The Stargirl movie. Um, mm -hmm. I not a huge America's Got Talent fan, but I believe mm -hmm. that the main girl who plays Stargirl 
was one of the winners or finalists yep. a couple years she's ago. She's a finalist. She played yeah. the ukulele and she's phenomenal and she plays the ukulele in the show and she sing her voice is so good and it, it's really fun, lighthearted, you know. Very good, very good. Uh Steven, what are you watching? I am watching currently the uh new season of the Star Wars the Clone Wars. Okay. And so currently, I believe they've done 10 out of 12 episodes. Um, and I think it's uh, started off pretty decent. And then um, if you've ever watched a lot of it's following uh, different clones throughout the war. Um, and then it kind of got slowed down a little bit in the middle episodes, maybe five, six, seven, um, with some side character story. Um, but then the last two episodes in a two-part story has had a lot of Ahsoka Tano, a lot of Darth Maul, um, probably one of the better, if not best, kind of animated lightsaber exchanges that we've seen. Um, one of the most interesting parts I've found about it is the last episode or two actually takes place during the events of episode three. So there's some kind of side story going along. Um, kind of see Anakin and Obi-Wan get pulled away to go on a mission to save the Chancellor, um, which is how episode three in Star Wars starts out. And we kind of see Obi-Wan get pulled away to go chase Grievous. And so while that story is unfolding, we kind of see the side story of Ahsoka Tano and Darth Maul play out um, in this war on Mandalorian. And so I'm really excited um, for the next two episodes and kind of see how they wrap up Darth Maul's story. Um, and where those two main characters go next. Well, very good. And, and Stephen, is that is that considered canon? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Has anyone else seen this? I have not seen it. I, uh, when they announced, like, very long ago that they were bringing Darth Maul back, and obviously, I mean, he's he's back now. Like, that just, for me, seemed like a... I was not super thrilled with that decision. He literally got cut in half. Pretty sure that, that that's over. Um, Steven, do you feel like they've done an okay job bringing him back in the way that they have? I will Is say, being a big fan of episode one, you know, you feel like he's just a really cool character and kind of embodies what you imagine when you think of the Sith. So, the idea of giving him more story, I think, is really cool to see out because I think he's a very interesting character. Um, choosing to have him come back and be alive instead of maybe giving him more of an origin story, um, you know, you just kind of live with as a, you know, kind of a Disney decision. Um, but once he's back and you accept he's back, it is fun to see him interact with uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi again and Anakin Skywalker and Ahsoka Tano. And you kind of feel that prequel trilogy feel, um, especially as his character goes over into uh, Star Wars Rebels um, and kind of has his ending there. So since he's back, I enjoy it. I love his character. And it really just adds more to this background storyline besides just the, the movies that we see. So um, I'm pleased since he's back that we get to see a lot of them. Steven, all, all I could think of is when uh, you and Hannah were saying that he's back, 
um, all I could, all I, all, all I heard was like, he's back, the Dark Lord, he's back. From Harry Potter. <laughs> know. So, um, and, you know, everything uh, comes back to Harry Potter for me in some form or fashion. So uh, that's a lot. Um, so. Steven, can I ask you a question? Um, sure. I've only watched the main movie. So is this an animated version? Yes. You said? Oh, okay. So, but it involves the movies? So... There's a couple. So one of the storylines is just Star Wars, the Clone Wars. And it's basically a cartoon right. series about the prequel trilogy characters going literally through the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. But then there's other s- stories like the Rebels and, and so forth. And I believe okay. there's Star Wars Resistance, I think, out um, for the sequel trilogy. Um, so, yes, it's a cartoon series. It's largely probably geared to entertaining children. Lots of side stories about droid characters. Um, okay. We get to see some of our Jedi, some of the, the universe's scum kind of going around and bounty hunters and so forth. So, um, But I enjoy seeing some of the lead story characters from the prequel trilogy era. So, um, you know, it's enjoyable to follow and just kind of see what happens next in that whole big universe. Yeah, I was just wondering. All right, cool. Let's uh, let's go ahead and move on. Hannah, what do you what do you watch on Disney Plus? Frozen two. I just love it so much. Still, <laughs> still, still. I mean, check out my article on it if you want to know how much I love it. I wrote it back in December. One hundred percent still applies. Four months later, um, it's just so magical. And every time I watch it, I love it more. And I might get a lot of flack for this, but I might like it more than the original. I just think I'm the storyline's super interesting. The music at first, I was like, eh, okay. And then the more I saw it and the more I listened to it, the more I love it and love it and love it. And I just love I'm it. on a lot of like the uh, Disney Facebook like groups. Um, also join our group, Disney Co. in the know. Um, but um, <laughs> some of them that I'm on, they just do not like frozen two whatsoever. Like frozen, the first one is so original. Like how can it compete with it? And the first time I saw frozen two, um, I really, I think I liked it immediately more than the first one. Um, which I know I'll catch a lot of flack for that too, well, but, um, Hannah, Hannah, Elizabeth, um, all I can say is when it comes to some Disney fans, um, and, and their critique of, of some of the movies that, uh, some things never change. Okay. <laughs> hey, <there you> go. <laughs> I guess those people are just going to have to show themselves. <laughs> but I think it has better one liners in it. And I think it has better scenes, um, than frozen one personally. Yeah. And that's, I'm just not saying it because I think it's better. Like, I feel like I have valid reasons as to why. <laughs> I think that the shift in Olaf's humor also, um, yes. yes. in the first one, it's a lot more slapsticky. And then in this mm-hmm. one, it's like having an existential crisis. I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. wow, same. <laughs> we all can relate. <laughs> it's just so fun. And I think it's fun getting to see, you know, Kristoff have this emotional side and he's got his power ballad in the woods. Yes. And, um seeing the sisters really like show their strength of their relationship in this one you get a taste of it at the end of the first one and getting to see them live that out and have an adventure together and be worried about each other and protecting each other and finding like the root of their family and their love for each other while each growing into who they're meant to be I think is a really important message and uh, just very special to see very well said Hannah 
Yeah, I feel like I do need to uh, just state, though, that that's no offense. My comment was no offense to any Disney fans that Some Things Never Change is a song in Frozen 2. So I just <laughs> want to make sure everyone got that. Um, <laughs> but, so and, and Frozen 2, I think, has the funniest scene from a Frozen movie when Olaf is uh, given the history of the girls and uh, he turns around and goes, you know, talks about their parents and he goes, they're dead. Um, that, that, uh, that doesn't sound funny, but it's, watch it. That, that scene is, that scene is gold. The yeah. scene is so funny. And, um, the, the captain of the Royal Guard's reactions to Olaf just like amplify it even more. It's great. I highly recommend go and watch it on Disney plus join me. It's a good mm -hmm. one. It's good. Yes. Yes. All right, Jake, what are you watching? Yeah. So, uh, so similar vein to, uh, to Steven here, uh, but I'm actually watching Star Wars Rebels. Um, I have not caught up on the newest season of uh, the Clone Wars yet, um, but I've never been the biggest fan of the Clone Wars personally. Some of the decisions they made early on in the show uh, left a bad taste in my mouth. So I've, I've had a love-hate relationship with it, uh, but I've never had the chance to really sit down and watch Three Rebels before, so I am going to start that now. I've already seen a few episodes, and uh, it's interesting. I'm really looking forward to some of the stuff that is going to be coming. Um, in particular, I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, the character of Grand Admiral Thrawn. He is a character that is from some of the old books published back in the 90s, uh, and they're reworking him for the new canon and stuff, and he's one of my favorite characters, so I'm really looking forward to how he's going to fit into everything. Really excited about that. And also one of the things uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that I think is appealing about Rebels is it really fills in that gap between uh episodes three and four like it's a it, it's a bridge between the the prequel and original trilogies and so i'm really excited to uh see how that's going to play out i like a lot of the uh characters and stuff so far <clears throat> it does seem a little more kid friendly uh or kid oriented than the clone wars was uh <clears throat> but again we'll see how that plays out I, ha I do have to say that um, I, I do plan on checking out everything that you guys suggested, but uh, we have these in-depth animated Star Wars analysis. We're quoting th lines from Frozen 2. Uh, we have hit an all-time, uh, I think, nerd alert on this episode, <laughs> episode 11. So, uh, that and might have Marvel to be was brought up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a quick question as far as Rebels goes. I have never seen Rebels, um, and I don't know when, like, chronologically it came out compared to um uh rogue one do you jacob know or do you suspect will there be any crossover between characters was it released way before rogue one was even a thing like do you know timeline for that so so rebels came out uh i'm fairly certain before rogue one did um i don't think there's any crossover none of the the rogue one characters make their way into rebels I believe there was a scene in Rogue One <clears throat> where you can see one or two of the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, one or two of the Rebels characters in the background, uh, just as like a little Easter egg. But I believe that is the the extent of, of their overlap. The stories don't really touch or, or anything. Okay. But I might be wrong. Oh, we'll see. I'll have to give it Keep up further into it and everything. <laughs> yeah, I believe um, one of the main characters, Hera, Excuse me. I believe uh, her name and her ship are mentioned before they go to battle in Rogue One. 
Everyone's yeah. getting choked up about Rebels. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good series. It is worth checking out. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I think Hera and the Ghost are mentioned, and I, I think you can see Chopper real quickly in, in one of the scenes on Yavin 4. So. All right, all words that I do not know what those mean. So, uh, <laughs> all right, uh, what I'm watching on Disney Plus is I'm actually re-watching the Disney Imagineering series. It's a six-part series um, that I'm on my third pass-through uh, right now. Um, so that's one thing about me. Uh, I, I watch a series, and then I go back, um, and, and I re-watch it so, uh, before I move on to new content. Um, the the Disney Imagineering series, if you have not seen it yet, it is uh, a story from the beginnings of uh, the Disney Company and, and Disneyland all the way through the expansion into uh, parks abroad internationally, uh, the Disney Cruise Line, all of the, the technology and the rides that they use and everything else. And you really get um, to to see and hear firsthand from some of the Imagineers and employees who have worked at Disney and, and kind of go through the highlights of the company and the theme parks. And especially since we cannot be there um, currently and in the, in the near future, um, I keep watching the Imagineering story. I, I think it's such a well done documentary and, uh, and show and, and the presentation is great. And it kind of gives me that, that Disney theme park fix. So um, the next, though, series I'm going to watch after this is um, One Disney Day, which was a book that was released that follows certain employees. Um, this is These episodes are, are, are shorter than the Imagineering Story episodes, and um, but there are more of them. And, and they cover, as I said, one employee going to work at Disney um, each day. And so I'm really looking forward to starting that. And then I'm sure that after I finish that series, I'm going to have to purchase the book. So that's just, that's just kind of how it goes for me. I'm a, I'm a sucker for that type of merchandise. So have, have you guys seen either of those shows? I've seen the one Disney day. Um, I absolutely love that being a former cast member. It was really fun to see other aspects, um, of the operation. And I like how they highlight things that you don't think of. Um, jobs per se that go on at Disney. Um, I really enjoyed when they, um, followed a person who does a lot of the gardening and prepares, um, you know, they prepare for Christmas, um, flowers like a year in advance and just watching all that kind of, um, unravel. I enjoyed that. Um, the Imagineering story I have seen with you a few times. Um, it's hard for me to watch though right now because it makes me miss the park so much. Um, I, they do a phenomenal job with it. Um, they absolutely do a phenomenal job with it. And I enjoy seeing um, how honest they are in it. Um, because I think sometimes as a large corporation, you don't want to be honest um, sometimes. And I think they do a really good job at, at that um, and kind of showing every aspect that has um, happened within the company, which is great. Um, so they're both really good, you know, shows right now to, get you in the the Disney parks mindset so yeah and, and I want to reiterate what Elizabeth just said there um, this is not a six-part promo for Disney um, they talk about the hardships that they've had they talk about the mistakes that they've made what they would like to have done over 
Um, they talk about, you know, um, the, the difficulties with Disney's California Adventure out in California, um, some of the difficulties they had abroad and adapting to new cultures. And so it is a really good examination inside uh, Disney theme parks and the company. And, it, it, and um, I, I had seen people suggest that it was kind of a, a promo for the Disney parks. It's not one of those hour shows um, that have been released before where it highlights the parks. This is uh, a documentary into, you know, the trials that they've had, expanding the parks and bringing new technologies and, and new experiences. So it is. And sitting uh, down with, you know, previous um, CEOs. And I think it's like where that honesty comes from, um, them sitting down and really being like talking about, you know, it's a huge corporation to be able to run it. And you think you have this wonderful idea and then it, totally flops like hearing someone who and when you look at them you think oh my gosh they're so successful but like hearing that you know quote-unquote failure but how they became successful with it and it just it's it gives you a good feeling inside to see that so yeah absolutely all right anything uh anything on that guys I've not seen them, but I'm definitely really interested in checking out the Imagineering one. I think it seems super cool. I love getting to see kind of like the, the backstory of it and hearing the behind the scenes things, um, how Disney is the magic way that it is. So mm -hmm. go check that out for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not just one of my uh, favorite shows on Disney Plus right now, but it's one of my favorite shows available. So um, I highly suggest checking it out. So um, but I think that that does it for tonight's show, guys. And unless anyone has anything uh, to add, no. All right. Well, I will ask our our viewers and our listeners to subscribe to our channel, Disney Co. In the Know. Uh, put a comment in the comment section if you're watching on YouTube. Let us know what you're watching on Disney Plus. Uh, if you have any theme park reopening. Uh, projections let us know you know we're, we're, we're taking in everyone's opinion and, and trying to piece this thing together to see you know take a good guess on when the parks are going to reopen uh, follow us on Facebook at 407 and beyond vacation company and join in on the discussion on our Facebook group Disney Co in the know uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook and um, does anyone have anything left I know I just asked that but last pass at it <laughs> Nope. <laughs> no. All right. So guys, uh, appreciate the good show and, um, I will see you guys next time. Stay safe in quarantine and I'll see you in episode 12. All right. Take care guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.